sex unshamed. Hey, what's going on? You're looking for a podcast that unshamed sex. I think we can help. Don't talk. Just listen. Listen. The most stimulating podcast on the internet. Ah. Now zip up and put your headphones on. You're listening to Sex Unshamed. Here's your host, Sean Lee. Hello, lovers. It's Sean Lee, and I'm so happy to be with you again today. You know, last show we talked about swinging and the swinging lifestyle and what that was like for people and about the emotional maturity that you need to do that. I want you to know I've done a lot of the different lifestyles, and swinging is in comparison to what we're going to cover today, which is polyamory. I feel like swinging is like grade school and poly is like grad school because in the swinging world, it's it's transactional, if you will. It's I'm going to have sex with this person who I'm not in a relationship with, and my partner knows about it. In poly, it's I'm going to have a relationship with this person, which means all the things, the dating, the love, the conflicts if they're there, all the things of a relationship. I'm going to have that with someone else who I'm also, and I'm also in a committed relationship with someone else. So polyamory means many loves. And let's just clear up a couple things real quick. Polyamory is not polygamy, okay? Polyamory is, uh, the Latin word for many is poly and and amory is love, many loves. Polygamy is about having more than one spouse at a time. That's, That's what they do in some of the Middle Eastern countries when they can have more than one wife, for example. So here in the U.S. where I am, polyamory is much more common. Now, people don't, people who do swinging, let me language this better, they'll often say, I'm a swinger. If they're, if they're willing to go out on that ledge and label themselves, they'll say, I'm in the lifestyle is usually what they say. But when people are poly, they identify usually with being poly. Poly people will often say they feel like they have so much more love to give than they can just give to one partner. And to be clear, poly isn't always sexual. For example, I know that I have so much love to give. And a long time ago, I identified myself as poly. And I'm not denying that now. But one of the most intimate relationships I have is with a man in Oklahoma. And we've never had sex. I don't know if we've even ever kissed. But the intimacy that we have together is, I've never seen him naked, to be clear. There's just a deep, intimate friendship. And a lot of times people will say, how does that differ from platonic friendships? And there are those people that you just know you feel closer to, that for an inexplicable reason, they're just your person, even though they're not your, your marriage partner, even though they're not your sexual partner, and even though they're more than a best friend, but they're just your person. So that kind of love is very common in poly as well. But what we're going to talk about today are the sexual aspects of poly and what that really looks like. Because if you remember from last time's show, I talked about swinging and how you have to be really emotionally mature to do it. You have to be willing to want to see your partner have sex with someone else and feel aroused by it. Now, in poly, it's two relationships. So let's play this out. Let's say that I have two boyfriends, all right? And one of them is, we're going to call one guy Steve and one guy Bob, all right? And with Steve, Steve is very refined, Um, He likes to go to the theater. He likes to dine at fine restaurants. He likes to take luxury trips. We're just going to label that there. And Bob, on the other hand, 
He's super cool. He's really trendy. He likes to go out and party. He likes to do things on the weekends. He likes to go boating and that kind of stuff. Now, I am a person who loves both. I love the theater and I love to go boating. Now, Steve doesn't like to boat and Bob does. Who should I spend Saturday with that I want to go boating with? Bob. But on Saturday night, when I want to go to the opening of the opera, I'd want Steve for that. Now, that's just kind of a baseline to give you a perspective of what it can look like. I am able to have relationships with both of them. But as a poly person, if I'm in a, let's say I start first with Steve. Let's say Steve is my long-term committed partner. And then Bob comes along. Well, my polyamorous side would say to, to Steve, hey, I've met someone and I think they're fantastic. And I think we might be, be nurturing something that could turn into an intimate relationship. Polyamory couples get that. They, they also have to deal with the enormous amounts of jealousy that come up. I will tell you, when I first started even looking into polyamory, I read a book called More Than Two by Franklin View. Now, since the time I read that, Franklin's come under a lot of um, criticism for the way he handled his relationships. And I'm not suggesting that anyone is right or wrong in that. I don't know enough about the story to say it. What I can tell you is when I read that book, I had to put it down because it really challenged my belief systems. I have no problem with the idea of me loving lots of people, but the idea of my partner loving someone else and sharing intimate, private moments with that person, that was really hard on me. And I kept putting the book down and I kept sitting with it because I wanted to have all the intimate relationships I wanted, but I didn't want them to, which everybody can see is imbalanced, okay? But it meant more to me to feel safe in my life and to have intimate relationships that I really had to sit with it. And it was not always easy because there were times when they would be off with their partner and I would really have to sit with those emotions and say, okay, what's going on in me that's making me feel like this? Let me back up just a little bit and tell you the different types of poly so we can kind of have a conversation there. First of all, poly is one of those things, there are no rules. In swinging, it's more common. You remember last time I talked about, you know, there's same room sex and separate room sex and um, soft swing. And I talked about all that. Well, in poly, it's like learning a whole new language. Okay. I'm serious. They even have a glossary. If you look up polyamory glossary, you're going to find a ton of terms because there's, there's no, there's no rules in poly because there are no rules in relationships. When you first meet someone, you're all in NRE, that's the poly term coined, a new relationship energy. You know, you're all hot and bothered and you're all thinking about them and you're all ooey gooey and you want to have sex all the time and you want to kiss all the time and you want to spend all your time with them. That's new relationship energy. And that can take its toll on old relationship energy, which is more solid and more consistent. And maybe it's someone you've spent your life with and you've built a family with and you've had children with and you've done all of these long-term things, which brings us to the labels. Now, Polly has, again, I said so many labels, but if you are, let's pretend I'm married again for the sake of our discussion. Lots of times married couples, when they get a new partner, will want what's called hierarchical poly hierarchical poly. That's hard to say. <laughs> what that basically means is that in this instance, in, in this pretend situation, my partner, my husband and I would have the primary relationship and his relationship with someone else or my relationship with someone else would be the secondary relationship. And some people have a hard time with that, particularly the people who are in the secondary relationship. 
Because if they're not dating anyone else, then to them, that's a primary relationship. They also have non-hierarchical poly, which this one is one that I find is really challenging for people who've been together a long time. And what that says is same situation. I have a husband in this case, and we both have other partners, and we're making those other partners equal to ourselves. So if I had a boyfriend, his equality, if you will, in my relationship hierarchy would be equal to that of a husband that I've had for 20 years. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not doing that. But a lot of times poly couple, poly people don't want to be called secondary or tertiary or anything like that. Not everyone ascribes to the following things, okay? Like I said, in poly, there are no rules. But when you have something called kitchen table poly, then that means that, let's say, the two married people for our discussion points or the primary couple or however you want to language it, they each have a boyfriend and a girlfriend. Those boyfriend and girlfriends are called metamors. So you have polyamory and you have a metamor. Now, this is, pay attention, this gets complicated. My boyfriend would be my husband's metamor and his girlfriend would be my metamor. So they call them metas. So kitchen table poly is something people practice where the metas and the partners, they all get along and they, you know, and ideally they get along, but they all know about each other and they'll maybe do um, family things together or go on outings or go on picnics or vacation or whatever. That's called kitchen table poly. Now, parallel poly is the opposite of kitchen table poly. Everybody still knows about each other. That's one of the beauties of polyamory and lifestyle is that nobody's lying, nobody's cheating, nobody's going behind anybody's back. Everybody's just focusing on their individual relationships and the moments and the times that they're in them. Parallel poly says, let's pretend I have a boyfriend and he has a girlfriend. We, we don't cross and let anybody meet. They, they know I have a boyfriend. I know he has a girlfriend. I don't talk to the meta. He doesn't talk to his meta. We just focus on our individual relationships. That's parallel poly. And then finally, the one that people most seem likely to want is called a thruple. Now, I want you to know there's so many more. This is just a small smattering of information because poly can get deep really fast. But a thruple is when three people are in a relationship and they're all in a relationship with each other. So in my case, for example, if I had a girlfriend and my husband had the same girlfriend, then we would be in a thruple relationship. That's probably the hardest relationship. Everything I've read and everybody I've talked to, and even in my own experience, thruple relationships can be difficult. You might remember from season one, my first co-host was Lauren. Well, Lauren and Jason and I, Jason is my ex-husband, we were in a relationship together. And when she broke up with him, she broke up with me because I was married to him. And that was really hard. So when Lauren and I started the podcast, we just became friends because our energy was so good together. But I want you to know, it doesn't have to be that way. Some polyamorous throuples do wonderful. I was actually on an Abraham Hicks cruise. And if you don't know Abraham Hicks, you should research her. But I was on an Abraham Hicks cruise and there was three men and they were in a throuple polyamorous relationship. And they were just so blissful together. You know, gay people are always happy. I love me some gay people. And three gay people together who adored each other, it was just magical to watch. So there's a lot of options on how you can do poly. 
But what poly is really about, and this is something that I find in monogamous couples is very often lacking, in swinging couples, it's very often lacking. And that is every person in the relationship having their own needs met. The most important thing about poly is that if I'm in love with two people, then I'm getting my needs met. Let's go back to Steve and Bob. Steve takes me to the theater and to fancy luxury places that I love. And Bob takes me boating and does, you know, parties and EDM music with me, which I also enjoy, right? And I love them both very differently. I have a whole heart for Steve and a whole heart for Bob. That's how poly people think. Now, if this is something that you're interested in, I promise you there's so much research out there. And there's so many books you can read on it. And I highly recommend Franklin Vu's because it's a little hard on the spirit when you first start getting into it, but it's very factual, it's very logical, and it challenges everything you think you ever knew. I get no kickbacks for this, but I know that that book, it took me four years to read that book because I have to kept having to put it down and I kept having to sit with myself. And what Polly really teaches you is emotional maturity. Now, let me say this. As I mentioned, Polly has its own language. And this is the word I want you to learn and I want you to remember, commit it to memory. You ready? Compersion. Compersion. C-O-M-P-E-R-S-I-O-N. Compersion. The way polyamorous to describe it is it's the, it's the opposite of jealousy. And I believe that, but I have to tell you it's more than that because I felt that. Imagine... Now, I've had a baby. My, my kids are grown up now, but I've had a baby. So I know the feeling of instant love you get when you're a parent. If you can imagine that compersion feels like that on steroids. Compersion is a, is a feeling of joy and love and admiration and appreciation. And it's this freeing feeling within you because it's also the most liberating, empowering feeling because a lot of times people feel like they have to be the sole person for their partner's pleasure or something's wrong in the relationship. But when you can love yourself enough that you are happy because they're happy, that you don't feel envy because they're having sex with someone else, that you can just love yourself so fucking much in that moment, it is 1 billion percent the best, best feeling I have ever felt. And I say that as I am evolving in my space. You know, I'll tell you what I haven't done. I haven't done monogamy. But there's somebody that I'm holding out for. And if, when that guy shows up, I'll be monogamous. And I feel like that's going to be the best feeling. But for now, the best feeling I've ever felt is compersion. So if you can get yourself to a place where you can love yourself so much that no matter what happens, no matter what they do, no matter who they're doing it with, you feel amazing because you are happy that's a home run, guys. And it's a feeling you will look for again and again and again and again and again. All right, my loves, if you have questions about this show, if you want to talk about it, get into the Facebook group, Sex Unshamed. Don't forget it's one word. Get in there and let's talk about it. But as I get out of here today, I want you to know that today, tomorrow, and every single day, you know that I love you, but you have to love you first. And that's always, always, always an inside job. 
You've been listening to Sex Unshamed. Unshaming sex. Unshaming sex. We hope you had your tissues ready. (laughs) Did you have fun? We know we did. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. And we'll see you next time. Pervert. Pervert.